It's the first time I've seen that video in like almost a year. And I was just like looking at all the little little things in there. Like, uh, you know, like in the break in between the first chorus and the second verse, and it's got the, the slow-mo and the cymbals. As we were watching that, I was like, damn, that's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, yeah, that is what's up. That, uh, guys, that was Mountain Eyes. And uh, that is, uh, you know, I, we, this is the first time we've like got to like open up one of our shows with like a music video. So that's super dope. Uh, really excited that you uh, were down to share that with us. Uh, so this is uh, the safest ledge and this is Mason from the safest ledge. And he's here to BS with us about things that we like to BS about. And we're super pumped to have you. Uh, that Thank was, you very much. Yeah, of course, dude, that was uh track mountain eyes. I think that was on uh, the space between words right from last year. Correct. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, go ahead and check that out if you get an opportunity. Uh, but let's just like dive right into it. So, uh, let's do it. Mason, man. Um, what's going on, man? What, what, what are you up to? It looks like you got some like trees behind you. I'm, I'm oh yeah. That. Yeah. I'm just in my sunroom. Yeah. So, uh, nice. two days ago we just played a show with movements at Mahal's in Lakewood, Ohio. Woo. Um, that was a blast. That was really cool. It's funny because the show probably got booked like three days prior to the show and we got put on two days prior uh because of uh like the sh the uh, company that books it uh bravo artist we've been real tight with them for years like we're playing a show with silent planet for them on thursday 
Um, and we've been playing shows uh, with them for years, but uh, you know, we luckily just had good rapport with them and, you know, you know, it asked them for the show and it worked out, but uh, I mean, it was fantastic. And it was the first time we played a show in 17 months. So, you know, all of us were, you know, obviously very uh, emotional about it. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that was just an amazing kickoff, you know, especially when you're like a low level, low level touring band to be blunt, you know what I mean? Because our music world is way different than, you know, a lot of other musicians. And, you know, one night it could be awesome. One night it could be absolutely horrid, (laughs) you know? So it was really awesome that and special that, you know, the kickoff back to what we've been waiting for for so long was that just monumentous, you know? Cool. And, and, and that is super awesome. And I kind of want to get a little bit of the, of the skinny about the show. And really what I want to know is, um, for sure. and, and you could be honest, you know, you could be totally honest with me, but like, um, are kids really feeling no good left to give, or are they still just going nuts for the feel something stuff? I think I think everybody received uh, uh, all the new songs pretty good, but you know when they play third degree or full circle or like they even yeah, played yeah. kept, they oh, played wow. kept off of outgrown things. And yeah. uh, my my brother who, who's uh, sixteen, uh, that was like his first rock show he'd ever been to, and uh, he, you know he, he he was going nuts over that one. So I think everybody I think that's just natural. Everybody just like always likes the oldies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you no. know what? Once that record's old in a couple of years, everyone's gonna be talking about how uh, you know "Skin to Skin" is the best song or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, and movements just actually released like I think like two weeks ago, like a couple. Yeah, the B sides, B sides from the record, which are actually really good. Yeah, they um, are. So, uh, so, and and you know, it's kind of cool because um, you know, you, you you tell us that you know you played a show with movements, and you know, listening to that that track, we just had the opportunity to listen to. Uh, like I get, I feel a little bit of movements in that, you know, um, you want to know, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you No, off. you go ahead, man, please. So, you know, what's funny about that is, uh, so we started this band in like late 2014. Uh, it was under a new, a uh, different name. So like, it, are either of you in a band or uh, like have been in bands? I've, I've was, been, yeah. yeah, for sure. So like, you know, when you're like, start, a, when you're trying to figure out a name, you want it to be like, uh, you want it to be easily found on a Google search. So we were idiots and we didn't know back then like that that would even be a problem. So yeah. like we named our old like the first version of the safest ledge was called Noir. N O I R, you know like old movies and like yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Of course. Sure. So like if, if you google the name we were probably yeah, exactly. Car Noir. <laughs> if uh if you googled our if you googled the word we were probably on like the 300th page of Google search. So mm-hmm. um you know, when we started the band, we were really into bands like Hotel Books and Being as an Ocean. We were really into the sure. whole, you know, post-hardcore and spoken word thing at the same yeah. time. And that's what Movements was doing at the time was, you know, with protection and uh, everything on outgrown things. Yeah. So it's sure. funny because, you know, we feel like we've kind of, we were kind of molded like from the same exact influences and we came up kind of at the same time. Obviously, mm-hmm. one had success versus you know one thing you know but uh it's funny because uh you, you know it, it feels like we've naturally progressed along with their sound which we haven't always sounded like them to a t or anything like that yeah, but sure. we we've always kind of had the same vibe to our band and uh i you know it's funny we were playing a show with uh do you guys remember hotel books yeah i do sure yeah we, we were playing I'm the show with them that. back in like 
2015. Oh, wow. And uh, Pat from Movements was just kind of there. And it was in Kent, Ohio, which in his band wasn't on the tour either. So we were like, oh, what's up, man? What are you doing here? You know, and we just talked to him about it. And I think that was like right after they got signed to Fearless. And uh, I was talking to him about that the other day. I was like, I was like, you probably don't remember this, but like, you were just at this random show in Kenton, you know, er- me and everybody from my band were talking to you about it. And he was like, yeah, I do remember that. So it was just kind of ironic, but um, you know, that's always been the band that we've, you know, easiest made the comparison when we tell people what we sound like is just like, yeah, we sound like movements, you know? Cause you know, when they were doing the spoken word thing, we were doing the spoken word thing and mm-hmm. you know, they've stopped doing that and we've stopped doing it. I, I can't really, I, I don't really dig that kind of music anymore, no, but yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So tell me about, so it, you said it was Lakewood, Ohio. Yeah. So Lakewood is like uh West of Cleveland. It's, it's basically is Cleveland. It's just kind of like, you know, like a smaller city within a city. Yeah. You know how like Fort Worth is like basically Dallas, but it's right next to Dallas. Kind of like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, yeah. And was it just like a one-off date? Cause they're doing sad mm-hmm. summer, right? Yeah, yeah, they it, it, they just booked a one-off in Cleveland, uh, literally like probably awesome. three days before the actual show. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just last minute, like, well, we're gonna we got a day off, let's play it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So did did like kids come out and enjoy? Oh yeah, that? oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was the, uh, it was. I think the I don't know what what the cap of the room is, especially now with uh, like COVID protocols. But uh, there was at least 300 kids there. So, like, wow. I mean, yeah, people really showed up for it. It was it was a blast. Yeah, we, we got um we got some homies that are from Akron. Oh, yeah. You know, our dudes, our I'm, dudes, our dudes. And my mouth is the speaker. OK, I haven't heard Love of them, but uh, I I, I definitely played a lot of a lot of Akron shows and with yeah. a lot of Akron bands. I'm like an hour east of Akron. Yeah, it's 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 cool because like it seems like um, all the different like Ohio communities are kind of really really pretty tight you know like seems like the cincy community is tight and columbus is tight and you know it, and Cleveland's it's really is tight. yeah it, it's really funny you say that because akron's always had a really big diy scene they both mm-hmm. well for a while they had like 10 diy venues all at yeah. once and now i think it's down to like three or five something like that um but there was a time where they were all sprouting up like crazy and we were playing a couple uh cleveland's always had a really great scene because they've had bravo artists booking their shows for years you know, they've had the Agora, the Foundry, May Halls, mm-hmm. uh, Beachland Ballroom, uh, the Fantasy. Uh, you know, they've always had great venues. They've always had really good shows, really good tour packages come through, especially for bands that play those 300 to 500 cap mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. Um, and then Cincy, I honestly, you know, we've only played one show in Cincy. We played it for, uh, we had a Columbus show cancel like two days or like a couple days before the show, like two years ago. And this guy, Cubert uh, uh, Sider, he booked us a last-minute show in his basement. Uh, so we we got a lot of a lot of love for Cincy too, and we played some cool Columbus shows too. Yeah, but, uh, no, yeah, I'm... Ohio. Oh, no, go ahead, sorry, man. man. Yeah, no, you're, you're... but uh, yeah, no, the Ohio the Ohio scene's cool, and really the Midwest in general because there's a lot of bigger cities in the Midwest. Like, there's not a lot of like A markets. Like, it's not like New York, LA, Chicago. Well, Chicago, yeah. But like the cool thing about touring in the Midwest, especially if you're a regional band or like even a low level touring band is, you know, you could really hit a lot of markets really in a span of like a week or a couple of days, because like 
say you're like out like living in like Seattle or something like that, like if you're doing a weekend run, like you're gonna play Seattle, Portland, and then something on the way home, and that's the only thing you could do. You know, yeah, so luckily sure. we're like spoiled we're like spoiled here in Ohio because you know, you know, a short distance is Cleveland, Toledo, Detroit, Cincinnati, Columbus, mm -hmm. New York, yeah. uh, not yeah. really New York, but you know what I mean, Philly, Pittsburgh. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. So in Cleveland, isn't that where Alt Press's headquarters are as well? Yes, it is. So I, I know that they were doing like their own alternative music award show. Yeah, the APMAs. They had it for a while at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then uh, they did it at the Q one year, which was pretty cool. Because uh, like, I don't know, sometimes you forget like how big like the alternative music world really is. And you're like, oh, wow, they like sold out a whole arena for that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. Ha yeah, have you ever had a chance to catch one of them? No, no. I, I remember watching uh, like the first APMAs on like a live stream, but I never got to go to any of them. I know they stopped doing them. Yeah, I remember that there was that one year where like Jack from All Time Low was just like, uh, it was like one band that was just doing all these covers. I think it was actually Neck Deep maybe. And like, yeah. they just had all different people like come on and, and play, which is super cool. I remember they had Joe Perry that night from Aerosmith. He yeah. he like uh, he presented the award. That's awesome. It's actually it's funny because the VMAs are tonight, right? I think. Is yeah. it really? Oh, yeah, I think so, man. I didn't know that. We're competing with them. <laughs> yeah, we're com we're competing with with Mike Cordone. He's, yeah, he's we gotta say, gotta say something controversial. I uh, boost the numbers up. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. But so it, it's kind of cool though because um, you know. Like I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, which was really dope, and uh, awesome place. And they had, um, they had like a when I was there, they had like this room that was actually dedicated to alternative press, and mm -hmm. I think it was like a yep. limited thing they were doing. They had all these different uh, issues that were like up on on the walls and stuff, and they had like ones you could yep. thumb through and flip through. It's just, it's cool, man. It was like you know the first couple of episodes of like AP have like like absolute superstars. Like I'm pretty sure Nirvana had a cover. Mm -hmm. Green Day had a cover. The Violent Femmes had a cover. It's like all these yeah. bands that are like, you know, without them, alternative music wouldn't be anywhere, you know, damn near what it is today. But I think alternative press is still kind of like out there, like still kicking out the jams. Like I think they're doing, I don't know if they do like actual um, like mags anymore, but like I know they're definitely doing like some digital print stuff. I don't know if anybody knows, but, um, you know, I, I remember they were like a full magazine, like a full, and then they went to like a small guy and then, yeah, but I definitely, I definitely had like 25 of them in my bathroom. I sure. definitely still have a lot of them. Like it, like probably in my closet somewhere. I remember I used to get that. I used to get them like monthly. Yeah. Me and too. then you get the hot topic because like everybody's, everybody's bands would always try to get in the bands you should know section. And, yeah. uh, you know, I had yeah. a bunch of friends that were in there, so I'd always buy all these copies. Yeah. Tom, you were in that, right? Wasn't Ink and uh, Lead in one? Ink and Lead was in one, yeah. Yeah, nice. it was cool. Yeah, and uh, our my mouth is the speaker. We're, we're uh, in like the um, 100 bands nice. you need to know feature too. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it used to be the thing. You know, it used to be like if Alternative Press said something about you, like you, um, you know, you had a little bit of moxie behind you. But now it's just like, how many streams are you getting? And like... Yeah, well, you know what? It's like, yeah. it's like a music nowadays, or at least like in our alternative landscape, is like it's like a viral free for all. Yeah. You know, because you know the weight of press really does not have the weight it used to, because, yeah. uh, and this really goes for journalism in all facets because YouTube and Facebook have dominated the ad market so 
vigorously that like, you know, websites like, let's say like, let's go out of music for a second, like even like the Wall Street Journal, like sure. they probably, they probably don't make much from ad revenue. That's why, you know, we, that's why press right now is so, you know, focused on engagement because yeah. you know that avid re revenue that was there before ba based off of like old stories just kind of doesn't get that anymore For you know sure. unfortunately that's just you know how the internet works now but you know oh, now yeah. I, I you know i have i've had a couple friends like in the music world who have gotten really big off tiktok uh a buddy of mine he's in a he does a pop uh project called starletta he went from 58 monthly listeners to 100,000 monthly listeners in two days because his song Same. blew up on tiktok yeah I mean, like, you know, obviously it's different if you, uh, you know, if you have, uh, you know, like more mainstream sounding music, it's way easier to go viral, you know, because you don't have to dominate a certain niche. Uh, yeah, you know, because like going viral for like a rock band on TikTok is really specific because you got to yeah. make like content that's geared towards rock fans. And, uh, you know, re remember like, you know, and like Tommy, you might, you know, you, you might remember this too. Like, remember when like people were like buying likes a lot and like buying accounts like- Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I and it, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's something we thought about before. We were like, and I know that's like a dirty thing to like admit, but like, you know, like every once in a while you're like, shit, maybe like having 10,000 Instagram followers would be cool. Like maybe we should buy an account off somebody. But like the problem is, is with that is like, we are in a niche music audience yeah. and not everybody that follows you might like rock music or that specific subset of rock music or that subgenre. Yeah. You know, so it's you know, it's a lot it's a lot more difficult for, you know, all our, our alternative world. No, you're 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 <laughs> absolutely do right. That. We should buy an account, Tom, for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just be huge, like hundred thousand followers for a podcast. Uh, well we'll we're we're never beating shitless. Don't doesn't matter. Chickless is always gonna have one up on us. But uh but no I, I agree with that and I, I think that there's um you know, I think alternative music is still marketable today. I mean, maybe not, yes. not at the, you know, when it was at its peak, you know, with like fallout boy and, and Paramore and like all American rejects and, you know, all time low where it was like, really like, like if the, you the thing, you know, if, if you want my personal, my personal opinion of why it's alternative music is becoming less marketable. I think there's, there's two things. One, there's what there's less ways to find it and be exposed to it because I know that sounds crazy because oh we have the internet you could look up any music you want like yeah. you know which makes sense to an extent because like yeah. let's say hyperpop for instance like a hundred gex you yeah. know you would not find that if it's not for the internet but but you know our uh, you know our tastes are becoming more curated to what's popular and that's why you know things like. Like, which really gets into my second point, really, which dominates it is this scene is kind of having less and less big stars. You know what I mean? Less and less Haley Williams and Pete Wentz's and yes. Alex Gaskars, especially yep. in bands coming up. And honestly, I kind of understand that because, you know, with what you have to deal with with social media now, like I, I can, can't imagine if you have a huge fan base and you got to deal with, you know, honest to be honest, like some of the mean shit people just say to you just because. You know what I mean? I can't imagine having to be like a Pete Wentz nowadays uh, because, you know, who wants to deal with that kind of backlash? And, you know, like we'll talk about like hockey and sports later, but like say, say this, for instance, like, do you want to be a sports villain nowadays? Probably not, because then you're going to have whatever markets fan base probably going at you 24 seven and just yeah. memeing you and everything. And yeah. who wants to deal with that kind of constant abuse? 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't see why anybody would want to be, well, obviously I do because success and being able to uh, live off of making music, but why would somebody want to be a Haley Williams or a Pete Wentz or something like that nowadays? Because it comes with so much baggage. But with that, we just don't have many guys or guys or girls like that in the scene right now. Because even 10 years ago, you had like, Kellen Quinn and Danny Warsnop and you know yeah. the Austin Carlisle, those like those bigger, bigger figures in the scene, and it feels like that's dwindling a lot. And because of that, you know, mo- less casual music fans get into this genre because it just kind of goes back to that that like that yearn for like excitement that we have when it comes to music. And you know, alternative music isn't always the most let's say exciting music compared to like other things, like mm-hmm. obviously like rap and hip hop. Yeah. You know, like rap and hip hop has stars and stars and stars, you know what I mean? And like, uh, you know, controversial figures and something. And, you know, it's, I, it, and I love everything about alternative music, but at the same time, you know, I can understand people that aren't into the stuff we like, mm-hmm. why it doesn't strike a chord with them. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's also something to be said about alternative music just by, by its nature having more introversion than extroversion, you know? Yes. So like, yes, so I, I think like, if you look at like, you know, a guy like, uh, like, like Dan Campbell from the wonder years, right? Like, yeah. you know, like you really like, could you put him like front and center, like on a magazine or like on camera and stuff like, yeah, I'm sure you could, but like, you know, the type of, of uh content that you would get out of him versus like a guy like Lil Nas X is just like, complete separate parallels and yes but but and but then of course like as a fan of alternative music maybe you're not looking for all that boisterousness or, or, or maybe so but but at the same time like there's there there's something definitely to be said about you know being able to market a, like a you know a, a such a broad personality like i mean like you know let, let's not let's not lie to one another like the kanye saga will continue until kanye is 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 dead and he's gone from this earth but it's because he's such a polarizing yeah uh, figure controversy you know what nowadays yeah. too in the in this media landscape it, uh, when it comes to things that go viral get more yeah. attention mm-hmm. you know being controversial we're rewarded for being controversial because then you're trending you get engagement and it, mm-hmm. everything like that you know i uh uh, I always call it like outrage marketing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If an yeah, artist yeah, yeah. In, in the V, we talked about the VMAs. The VMAs, it's like basically invented this. You know, remember how there used to be a co- controversial thing at the VMAs every single year, and I'm sure they still do. I just honestly haven't paid attention to the VMAs since 2008. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, remember there used to be something that happened every year, whether yeah. it be the Con- Brit- Kanye and Brit- Taylor, and thing. Madonna. Yeah, Britney and Madonna, Kanye and Taylor, uh, Nicki Minaj and Miley Cyrus. Like it's wasn't it and wasn't it the VMAs too? I think that was like one of the first like turn of the century VMAs was when um uh was it the bassist of, of rage climbed the scaffolding? I think that was mm-hmm. actually I think that was at the VMAs too. Yeah, yeah, he just like literally you know, so and but you're right, like to to your point, yeah, you know, controversy controversy like be, begets cash, like it's it's just kind of the way that, that the yeah. world is. But yeah. um I, I think though that there's something to be said about just the depth of, of creation with alternative music. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it a bunch of times on the pod before, but we've, we've kind of made an allusion to how the, the era of the, of the album as a piece of artistry is starting to kind of wash away, you know, where a lot of alternative bands are more focused on 
singles and, you know, putting out a single, waiting a couple of months, another single. Whereas, you know, what struck me so, so deeply with alternative music was, you know, the, the album as a whole, which is Can why I, I like, yeah. Go ahead, please. Oh, I'm, so, no, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so bad at I'm so bad at interrupting no, you, you guys. I'm so we're bad. bad at, we're bad at interviewing, so it's fine. <laughs> hey, so like, let me let me let me bounce that off you guys. Like, what do you what do you prefer? Would you prefer from your favorite artist a single every month, or would you prefer an album once oh, once every two years? I'll I'll answer first because I feel very strongly about albums. I, I think that you know the stories that artists tell in even they don't even have to be concept albums, but the the stories that artists tell uh, in an album, uh, it goes much deeper than just a single. And also to that, to top onto that, um, you can get a better sense of a band in an album than you can in a single. Because yeah. like, you know, you could put out a single and, and, you know, tick a lot of boxes for people. But, you know, if the other nine tracks surrounding your single are like a little bit more subdued or different, like, you know, it's, it's, like it kind of cultivates the whole idea of, okay, this is what we are as a whole. We're not just a one trick pony. We could do this, that, and this in the context of, of writing an album. So that's what I believe. Uh, yeah. I'll kind of shoot it up to Mikey over here. I think it here. comes, you know, w with the level a band is right. Like if, if, what are you trying to do over there? <laughs> I was trying to you point to you. Mikey, I was going to say the exact same thing because here's what I take it from my perspective. When you're a band the size of like the safest ledge, um, uh, I, I don't know how many monthly listeners we have offhand. I think it's like 4,000, you know, like it pays to be able to put out a single every month, even though we can't do that. Cause no, you really can't afford that unless you uh, have a producer in your band, but like it pays to do singles, uh, you know, semi-regularly compared to an album because it's, you know, like we've been saying, it's the struggle of engagement, the struggle of going viral and consistent content. But like, if you're a band, like, like, let's say movements, like we've been talking about, like, yeah. you know, it's, it just pays to do an album because, you know, you're going to do a whole touring cycle off of it and so on and so forth. But I think it really depends on the size of the artist, but I'm sorry, Mikey, I just totally cut you off. No, I, <laughs> I totally agree. Like, for example, state champs, like they have put out like two singles, fairly recently and like their mm -hmm. new albums coming out in a couple of weeks like they can do that where they could just put out a couple of singles you know one or two weeks before the album comes out album comes out and then like they'll the album blow up whereas smaller bands if they do that and then put out the album they're not going to get that engagement or get onto those editorial playlists and things like that that are necessary for for them to yeah. get their listeners up and it's stuff. a it is truly a doggy dog world when it comes to alter like this alternative music. I mean, music in general, but you know, especially like at like say like a band the size of the safest sledge, you know, it it just is, you know. And I, as much as you know, the artistry tells us we want to do uh, albums rather than singles. It's, it's something we're just kind of stuck at until we get to a certain level. You know what I mean? And honestly. I that maybe this is controversial. You tell me. I think bands should stop doing EPs. You know, I the, the belief that it either should be singles or albums because that EP, I think you could just splice that into four four singles, and it would probably be, be better for your, like your whole long term plan of like a year. You know what I mean? If you were going to put out one EP a year with four songs, I'd rather just do four singles every three months because it's just smarter that way. 
But if it's an album, I agree. I am an album person too. You know what I mean? Like, like we were talking about earlier, no good left to give. I really like it. And I mm -hmm. just, you know, I am an album person, but for smaller bands, I think you have to just adapt or die. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, just, for me personally though, I, like I said, it's just, I, I would, I would be cool with, with like doing away with EPs in general as well, mostly because um, like, I'm, you know, like I, I'm a record collector. So like, you know, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. really, I don't want like a seven inch or like a 10 inch. I, I think they like, hold like an LP. Yeah. You know? I just think they, they hold such little value in the amount of content that you have on there could easily just be spaced and you could get more results out of it rather than just throwing it and trying to see if it sticks. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. uh, not to mention too. I think like when you have too many EPs, I mean, maybe this is just me being a weirdo about it. Cause like my band has like two of them and we're kind of sick of doing EPs, but yeah. like, if you just have too many, you know, it's just like, man, you might as well just do a record at that point. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I just want to talk about it for a little bit for, for, you know, the, the space between words. So, um, you know, that I, I know that came out kind of towards the tail end of, of last year, correct? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I want to say it was July, July, okay. 2020. So like I, I approaching, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, you know, yes. you, you released that essentially two or three months into it. So like, was the plan always to release it then? How did it go? Cause I, I can oh, see by the pain on so your face. I, yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that because I was thinking about it as we were watching the video. So, um, uh, at the time, uh, you know, we were planning on putting it out probably, I think like April or March or something like that. And then the events of March, 2020 happen. And, uh, you know, we have all these shows get canceled and everything and nobody know you, you remember when, uh, all the tour dates of March and onwards got canceled and people re were rescheduling for June. Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember talking with our management at the time and they, uh, they were more, you know, inclined to want to like push it back to like June or something like that. But like, basically like me and the band were just like, no, we can't wait that long. Like we're sick mm -hmm. of this. We have to put music out. Cause yeah. our last piece of music out before that was a, a single called runaway. And I think it had been, we put it out in like 2018, September, 2018. So we were dying to put music out. It had been a year and a half. And so like it got pushed off of two months of, of what we expected it to be which we weren't happy about and especially because we had like a you know we had a a tour for the summer get canceled and the last yeah. show was going to be with like bad omens it was going to be a great tour sure. but um but um you know so we uh we basically just said you know uh can i swear on this yeah have at it okay we basically just said fuck it we we're just like all right let's just you know put the video and the single out next month and so we did it with or we did it with mountain eyes and uh you know that was our first like really well-structured release because back before that we weren't very organized with the way we put out music or anything like that like runaway we thought like had gigantic single potential but we didn't know anything about marketing our music effectively and it flopped big time and it still disappoints me to this day because i thought that song could have done a lot better than it really did um like i feel like runaway could have done what would have you done has been doing right now but it is what it is you know you move on you, you grow and you figure it out for the rest of the music you know, so we, uh, you know, we put out Mountain Eyes and the reception went really well. And then we put mm -hmm. out Gray Matter like two months later. And then we awesome. put out the EP and we, it, it was cool because we had three music videos to go along with it. And we were, you know, we spent a lot of money for it and everything. 
And, you know, even for that release, we still kind of just didn't know exactly what we were doing. That's what's been cool with like our new single, What Have You Done? Because like now we have like basically seven years of putting music out and we know, you know, what marketing tools to use, what to be blunt are a waste of time and uh, resources and energy. uh, And, uh, you know, we've just been trying to do what's like we find is effective. But uh, I got to say, as painful as it was putting out a record during the pandemic with the space between words, I mean, it's really just something we needed at the time because obviously we're all feeling horrible because of normal pandemic related things, but not being able to play music and go play to shows and everything like that, it just kind of wears on your brain after a while. So being able to put out that music and get a good reception on it was just really important. But, you know, I was really pleased with the reception we got, but we were also learning how to, uh, how to market our music better at the time. So it was a give and take thing. And like that, that record too, I thought that record was the first time we sounded like a modern thing, you know, like, so like we had an EP before that was called Double the Drifters Half the Spirit. And don't get me wrong, there's some cool songs on there, but like there's a lot of spoken word on there. And uh, it kind of sounds like an older post-hardcore record. And like, that's mostly on me as the guitar player because I'm the only one that writes guitar parts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I kind of wasn't writing like a modern record. Like it sounded like something like, you know, that might come out like a couple years prior or something like that. And that's just kind of not what I'm aiming for. Like I want to be, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just following whatever trend or anything like that, but it's important to me that the safest ledge be on top of things like bring me the horizon. For instance, they're always like two to three years ahead of every trend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. because of that, they're light years ahead of everybody and they're always more popular than everybody. And like, we're just trying to take from that. Like we're not going to get stuck in, and and I'm not trying to throw shade on any band that is, you know, doing something that, you know, you know, if let's let's be blunt, if you play 2010 era metalcore nowadays, you're only going to go so far because that has aged uh, pretty harshly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's become memed to death. And even though it was the biggest thing in the scene 10 years ago, we've moved on from it. So, you know, same with like uh, Newfound Glory era pop punk, you know, we've transitioned into the more emo uh, pop punk and the more, uh, I don't know, let's say like flannel wearing pop punk, you know what I mean? So like, you know, that's what I just felt with Double Drifters. Unless you're 35 and that's still all you listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's me. (laughs) Hey man, we, I, I, I uh, one of my favorite bands right now is Thursday, so uh, I trust me. I'm a, I, I'm on a big 2000s kick, but um, mm-hmm. but Double the Drifters Half the Spirit felt old, and that's something that the Space Between Words didn't feel to me. I was like, this feels like bands that are coming out now, and I was just, I was that artistically, that's what I was most happy about. Absolutely. Sorry, I went on a huge tangent. <laughs> I'm not not, lie. It's all good, man. So before we uh, shift over to some hockey talk and some sports talk we do okay. have a quick message from our sponsor so use our promo code thpn head over to DraftKings and watch this quick ad week one may be over but the season's just getting started at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl to kick off week two DraftKings has given new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. 
Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a dollar bet on any Week 2 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKing.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Go to DraftKings. Week one kind of did me – I don't want to say dirty yet. We still got a couple of games left, but – I'm currently up uh, by about like 45 points against whoever I'm playing. The team that I'm playing is actually their team name is I farted. So my uh, my uh, my dad is a lifelong Browns fan because uh, we're from Ohio. Yeah. And I chose the Chiefs as my team three years ago because I like the color red. And uh I'm just, I'm just, it's a, a lot of controversy in the home today. <laughs> yeah, man. But, uh, and Pat Mahomes is my guy. But, uh, I haven't checked my fantasy stuff today. I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm doing. Hopefully, I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you just find a diamond in the rough. You know, I, uh, I made the decision to draft Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. So, See, as- let me, let me think. I did, I did Kyler Murray, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Okay. Jeez, uh, I forget who else I had. Uh, some uh, whatever kicker from the Ravens, and then Justin Tucker, I think. Still? The Justin Tucker that, that was still it. the kicker for the Ravens. He might be. I, I might. I might oh be dating God. myself. But then again, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I I I just I chose whatever the uh, uh, the the projected points, whatever the highest uh, projected points kicker was, was him. And I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody really ever cares about a kicker. Uh, yeah. But like, so, and, and it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more of a, of a hockey fan than I am a football fan, but mm-hmm. uh, fantasy football is just easier, right? Because it's like, you know, once a week, you, know, you don't have to worry about yeah. this and that. And I've tried well, fan- fantasy hockey, man. And ugh. Oh, well, so conversely, like my main, like my main sport, my main hobby is like, like basketball and like watching nba and like fantasy basketball is absolute hell you have to update it every single day and it's not as fun because hardly anybody plays it you know what i mean so like it's just it doesn't feel like an event and i have to update it every day and it's 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 not fun you know i I gotta give it to fantasy football they got the they got the the structure is just better yeah the structure is is so much better but um you know no one is ever going to deny though that like the most fun sport to watch uh is hockey i mean like oh, it just yeah. it just is it's just like it's it's just lightning in a bottle no pun intended to the tampa bay lightning <laughs> i don't know if they're in bottles but they should be back to back champions so 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 let's hear it man so i mean i you know i i'm, I'm coming into this blind because i don't know where you sit in hockey allegiances but being that you're from ohio are, is it safe to assume that you're a blue jackets fan or am i off base hell no i hate the colors <laughs> no uh so 
so let me let me explain the dynamic of like Ohio sports okay. first yeah, to like boil it down. Uh-huh. So and every sport is a little different with this. Everybody with football seems to be very regionally uh, dedicated, which, you know, I respect, you know, you like whatever teams you want, you know, everybody that's a Dallas Cowboys fan or you're a Yankees fan. That's cool. You like who you like. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I got no beef with that. Yeah. But like, for instance, like, Ed, uh, like my dad, for instance, has always been like a Cleveland sports fan. So I've always like Cleveland teams, but they never had a hockey team or anything like that. And yeah. for like, so, um, in the Youngstown area, we're in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh and we're like three hours away from Columbus. So I'll be honest with you. I've never met a Blue Jackets fan in my life. In my <laughs> life. I'm, I'm being serious with you. I'm serious. I know one on Facebook. That's it. But it, the, what's funny is because we're an hour away from Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of Steelers fans here by association. And because like the Steelers are like one of the three biggest NFL franchises. But uh, so they naturally just have a lot of fans like say like the Cowboys do or say like the uh, yeah. the, the the Maple Leafs do, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, conversely, that like in Pittsburgh sports, like, you know, you have the Steelers that perennially have won championships and yeah. then the Penguins that have done the same thing. So, you know, by association and them being, uh, you know, close locally, I've always just won. I thought the I thought the logo was cool. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. It, it boils down to stupid things like that sometimes, you know? Like, oh, sure. the logo's cool with a penguin, penguin with a hockey stick, you know? Uh-huh. And because, you know, they were just, you know, they were like a semi-local team that was winning titles. And I was just, I was really into that. In the time that I started, you know, you know, watching it, I was like, oh, yeah. And because uh, I really, you know, really got like invigorated with sports around like 2016 and that's when, you know, like, you know, the Cavs won the title and like, that's my, that's my favorite son. So like, I was really jacked about that. And then mm-hmm. the Penguins won the title, I think like the same week, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, by association, you know, that's just kind of, you know, it, and that's the same thing with a lot of people in this area is everyone just, you know, has been about that team because it's local and they've won titles and that really, that holds a lot of weight with people, sure. you know? So, uh, and my, my bass player, he, I, I don't know how much hockey he really watches anymore, but he, uh, he, he's been a Flyers fan and he, uh, it's funny cause he used to wear, he used to wear his Flyers jersey to like every show for a while. He was telling me this story once about how he was at like the Pittsburgh airport for some reason. I can't remember what. And, uh, he was wearing his Flyers jersey and some, some dude like came up to him and just like started like giving him the business over it. And I was like, damn, man, you're really like in controversial territory with that, but you were kind of asking for some abuse there. <laughs> yeah, no, um, like Philly fans are typically like the most brutal ones, you know? Like, oh yeah. They, they flip the, cars and stuff. Yeah, dude, they got the, <laughs> you see, they got the tunnel yeah, to like, the Holiday you- Inn. Did you see the video of like after the Eagles won the uh, won the Super Bowl? That I mean, they were destroying that place. Dude, it's insane. I mean, they're the only they they literally were just like rifling snowballs at Santa. Like that's like, yeah, you know, that's the Eagles lore, man. But but yeah, I mean, the Penguins are a killer team. I mean, you know, especially you know if you said you kind of started following them, you know, around 2016. I mean, you're no, talking, I, you I, know, yeah. To be blunt, when like when the when when yeah. they won the title, that was when I yeah. that was when I started following them. But I mean, you know, Evgeny Malkin and Sid Sid Crosby, and I guess that was, um, you know, one of those teams that was just like a, a an incredible team to watch. And you know, I mean, coming out of the same conference as you know the Islanders, which kind of sucks. Um, you know, it always sucks to kind of watch another team succeed when your your favorite team isn't. But 
um, you know, like respect, you know, uh, you know, even though all right, you got us this year, you got us this yeah, year, yeah, 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 and, 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 and Crosby and Malkin get, get a, get a bad rap, you know, cause, uh, cause of the kind of players they are, but really, I mean, as, as a hockey fan, you realize that, you know, guys like them are integral to the game staying afloat. You know, like well, you know what? Like, I, I'm I'm so glad you I'm I cut you off again. Please finish your point no, first. No, no. I'm sorry. But I, that's all I was saying is like you know, even if you hate them as hockey players, you can appreciate the fact that they are giving the sports you love, uh, you know, just raising that platform up a little bit, you know, which is which is a good thing. So I'm glad you said that because it was a really interesting thing I was talking about with some buddies today. I have like a Cavs Discord, and like we were like mm-hmm. one of the channels is like other sports, and we talked about like something like that. And we were like talking about like, like the decline of baseball and like how there's no stars in baseball that anybody gives a shit about. And like conversely, we were like, when's the last time you knew a that? When's the last time that someone you knew in your life that wasn't like a sports fan or was just a very casual sports fan knew a baseball player's name? Like, like I if I asked my girlfriend right now who, who a baseball player is, I don't. Well, actually, she worked for the Indians for a while, so that that wouldn't work. But yeah, you know, like normal people that aren't in the sports, like would mm-hmm. they be able to name somebody? And uh, somebody was making the argument that Sid- Sidney Crosby was that for a while. But I don't know how to comment on that because I live so close to Pittsburgh, and I live so close to and know so many Penguins fans that I've mm-hmm. just always known the name. I've always known Malkin's name. I've always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, even before I was wa- really like watching that stuff, like yeah, back in yeah. 08 and 09. So I don't really know how to comment on that because they've always been around me. But I don't know. Did non-sports fans know who the hell those guys, who the hell Sidney Crosby yeah. was back then? I don't know. And, and and it's like, and that's a tough thing because hockey being the most pointedly alternative sport is like, you know, a non-sports fan might not even know like, any hockey players and and, and and that's and that's like kind of the travesty of of hockey in general is that there's so much brilliance in the game and you know non-sports fans kind of get hung up on the on the quote-unquote like the glitz and glamour and the superstars right so i mean so i i I, i'm sorry i keep no you're good man i think it boils it's fine yeah I think it boils down to this, and I talk about this with basketball too. Conversely, mm-hmm. which is a you know m- more popular a popular sport like in America, oh, yeah. but it comes down to the same principle: is you don't play youth hockey unless you're like one of those kids that plays youth hockey their whole life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. anybody I've known that played youth hockey played it their whole life, and like one, it's a really expensive sport to do because of all the gear and everything like that. You got to go do the open skates. Uh, oh, yeah. Our drummers. Our drummer's cousin uh, uh, has been like a hockey player his whole life. And he was telling me like, you know, like his workout schedule along when he goes skate and everything. And like, it's demanding, you know? So I think, I think it comes down to this. It's really hard to, t- everybody, most kids have played either little league or like flag football or something. So sure, you sure. kind of, you kind of, I think you can enjoy something more when you understand the basic fundamentals of it. Mm-hmm. But like, Probably, let's yeah. say. But let's say like with like like basketball or hockey, like one, you got you really won't play it unless you're tall or or really good at it. So not a lot of people play it, not a lot of people really understand a lot of fundamentals of it. And then like conversely hockey, not a lot of people play it because of uh, availability, convenience, 
and you need to know how to ice skate on top of it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it seems like everyone I've known and maybe you guys have played it before or know guys that played it. So maybe you could speak to this more, but everyone I've ever known that's played it has come from a hockey family and they, you know what I mean? You grow up learning how to ice skate and then, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's a little bit different for Tom and I because we grew up when Mighty Ducks was legit the most popular movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. like 1992, Tom, yeah. we were what, six, five? Yeah, five or six, yeah. Five or six years old when the first Mighty Ducks came out. Yeah. And that movie was literally the most popular movie when you're that age. And yeah. a lot of kids who are now like 35 got into hockey because of that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if they didn't come from a hockey family, but now like in the year 2021, I totally agree with you that only kids that grow up in hockey families are playing hockey. Because and so, yeah, it's so it, demanding. Like you, you the kids got to get up at 5 a.m. to go get ice time or, yeah, yeah. you know, or and, super and the, late at night. And the crazy thing, though, is like so also the era in which we grew up was like an era of like of superstars man like if you look at the 90s in sports in general right i mean yeah even gretzky just like even yeah. there that's exactly yeah, so yeah. like so in the 90s right the nhl had gretzky and lemieux and you know like and these big names right but then of course the nba michael jordan you had michael jordan's you scotty pippen you had dennis rodman you had you know Patrick even Ewing, right even even baseball you had ken griffey jr Griffey, Maguire, Sosa, like you yeah. had these, these big names. And, uh, and I mean, you know, football, you had it too. You had, you know, yeah. Joe Montana kind of coming on, you know, off the twilight of his career. Yeah, The, the Cowboys Johnson. winning like three Super Bowls. Oh yeah. I mean, Troy yeah. Aikman and all those guys. But that was the era of like, you know, ESPN was like, like literally became like a juggernaut. Right. And it's just like, yeah. and like, and I was that kid. Like I went to bed with my TV on every night. And woke up to it every morning and mm -hmm. at night sports center was on and in the morning sports center was on and i mean when i tell you i did that for probably five years like i'm not joking like that was yeah. what i did like and so because of that like sports were always just like in like just ingrained in me but in the 90s it was just so different like the way like the way just the MLB was, was just so much different. And like the, you know, watching you know, Maguire versus Sosa and all that kind of stuff, these big names and like guys like, you know, Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens and like these just like absolute like maniacs of players was what made it so cool. Now fast forward to today, you, you still have some of that, but the sensationalism around it isn't as broad because of where, like where sports takes a back seat to nowadays because yeah. There's so much more that you can, it's at your fingertips. I mean, like yeah. you, you could choose not to give a shit about sports for the rest of your life and you'll be quite content because you've got TikTok and Instagram and Facebook Netflix. and all this other stuff and, and Netflix and Hulu to keep your attention. Right. So it's you, like, you know what too got, is yeah. hockey is at like a, it's a built in disadvantage compared to the other three, because obviously nothing topples the NFL. We, you, anybody that thinks otherwise is wrong. You know, it's just popularity. It's undeniable. You know what I mean? Uh, MLB, you know, going to a baseball game is kind of like a social event thing at this point. You know what I mean? Something to take. I mean, I, I, no knock to people that are diehard baseball fans, but it's just, you know, go out to the ballpark summertime type of thing. You know what I mean? 
-hmm. hockey is like you you know i it has it has boiled down to you know based off of the popularity of it and you know you know lack of people like gretzky or uh you know or multiple guys like crosby that you know if you're going to a hockey game you probably are a hockey fan or maybe you're just a you know a casual sports fan in that city but you know it i i think you know to my original point it boils down to it's hard to appreciate the game if you don't if you've never played it even at a very small level you know what i mean like anybody can play pickup basketball anybody can anybody can play little league when they're a kid or flag football but i i know like three people that have played hockey you know and and it's in ohio where like i live five minutes from a rink you know it's not like it's unaccessible like in this area specifically but if you don't grow up with it in some facet in the mighty ducks movie for instance like i had it on vhs too i get you but i can't think of something like that for my generation so there's just there's not a lot of entry points and especially nowadays for like a younger generation i don't really know how you how you grow the game in that in that way because it's you know it's cultural currency is running out you know what i mean and it's the same problem with baseball you have no stars and it's cultural currency is running out yeah yeah I, I think they gotta just bring back the popularity of roller hockey because th that takes away from being expensive battling mm -hmm. for ice time like you, you can literally play all you have to do is play in a parking lot and put up the the boards and you can play roller hockey. You know what first got me interested in hockey? Now that I really think about it is that Rocket Power cartoon. Yes. Mm -hmm. How they would play street hockey. I thought that was the coolest shit. Especially like it seemed like I don't know, I can't talk for kids like my brother's age, my brother's like 16, but like back like when we were kids like in my what what year were you guys born? 87. Okay, 96. So like uh like I feel like skateboarding and like uh like rollerblading everything like like that like uh like that popularity maybe somebody that's really into that stuff could prove me wrong but i feel like the popularity of that even has waned down considerably at least there's not a lot of like i mean i guess there's no there's never going to be like another like tony hawk figure as big as him because you know he hit it at the very very perfect time you know hitting the 900 and the x games at that point in time mm -hmm. but like you know, I feel like, you know, skateboarding and rollerblading was really had a lot of currency with kids my age when we were watching like cartoons and stuff like that. So like I saw like Rocket Power and they were like playing roller hockey, like street hockey with like yeah. rollerblades. And that just looked like the coolest shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was this um, there's this game for the regular Nintendo uh, that probably came out in like 91, maybe called mm -hmm. California Games. Mm -hmm. And California games was like a bunch of like little mini games uh, that were like, you know, based around of like what the cool shit that was coming out of California. And they yeah. had roll, they had rollerblading, they had skateboarding, they had like, they had like inline skateboarding and half pipe and like surfing and all this stuff. And it just was like, it, it just like was one of those things that like the, the teetering point was there. And like, you know, yeah. all the, all the cool shit comes out of California. So like, you know, yeah as that wave no pun intended like kind of like swathed over the country essentially it's just like you know it, it, this generation like you know mikey and i's generation and i say it specifically because like 96 and 97 we're like you know we're 10 years old like we're right in that like pocket of like you know like we are 
pushing the buying power from our parents because it's like we want we want we want so yeah and that was the time where like you know you had you know tony hawk's pro skater and you know you had um you know wayne gretzky's 3d hockey on like uh n64 and yeah. you had you know the madden games and you had nba jam and so like i, I know it's kind of silly to say but like video games i think sparked a lot of love in our generation for sports I, like yeah, I, I, I really believe that I feel like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, I feel like so much of that was what made uh, skateboarding like continually, continually so popular with like kids my age, mm -hmm. you know, because I was like eight years old when all those games were coming out. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, conversely, like the Madden games, like, like, I mean, it's football, it's big no matter what, yeah. but like those were gigantic still too, you know, yeah. and then so on and so forth. You know, so I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And, and the other cool thing, and you know, we're probably going back our no, 20, 25 episodes, but, uh, we had the pleasure of having, uh, Steven Sabell who curated all of the soundtracks for all of yeah. like, the, the EA sports games. And it's That's like, cool. and, and that is another thing. So like, you know, as kids, you know, like, you know, I, I was playing NHL on, you know, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo were like the only songs that you would hear was like Brass Bonanza if you were the Hartford Whalers and you scored a goal or just the sound of like the penalty box opening. Just yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah. but then, you know, enter like the next generation of, of video games where all of a sudden like you pop in, you know, your PlayStation or PlayStation 2 disc and all of a sudden you hear like Collective Soul and, you know, like and Gob and like all of these, you know, like all of these punk bands or alternative bands. And all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, wow, this is like super cool. And now like it comes to a point where there are a lot of people who cite getting into like alternative music or punk music or emo from music. video games. Yes. Not, not even from video games from the NHL soundtracks. Like see, that's, that's really how interesting they did say it. That. Like it's see, wild. It's funny you say that because in alternative music, it seems like it's so comprised of so many kids, at least at my, like, like at my age, mm -hmm. like so many of, so many kids, I guess we're all adults now, cause like I'm 25, but like that were not like sports fans or anything. So yeah. like sometimes like I felt like the odd duck out with that. Cause like, I was like, that was actively, actively some of my interests. Yeah, sure. But like hockey seems to be the one that like really takes foothold in alternative music mm -hmm. and I never really thought about the correlation there until you like brought up the soundtrack there mm -hmm. because uh you know i i know a lot of guys that are really uh like uh i don't know if you guys are like fans of the devil wears prada but mike karanica yeah, uh, we had him on the pod oh, yeah. oh that's oh, yeah. awesome man mm -hmm. uh, yep. i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that tomorrow on my way to oh, work yeah. do it man but um you know it has a lot of currency and like specifically the hardcore community, but like yeah. a lot of alternative music. And I never really put two and two together about why that is. Can I ask you guys something? Where are you guys from? New York. We're from New York originally. Okay. So are you, Mikey, are you an Islanders fan too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you guys, because I've been spoiled in my short fandom as like as a fan, because like I got to experience two titles or what well, really one. Um, and I, you know, like I know, uh, like Penguins were still like the top of their division, like, uh, you know, last season, I think they were like a game under the caps, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I've been kind of spoiled going into it, you know, because I started off liking a team that won a title. So mm -hmm. like, tell me like your basically, I know it sounds like a stupid question, but like, what has been like your experience as a fan of that team? 
because I know like if anybody talks to me about like New York sports or something, mm-hmm. it's usually about the Rangers. <laughs> so tell so, me your experience there. Yeah, that that's a that's a loaded question, and um, I, yeah, man. But but I'll I'll take a stab at it. So, um, so you so okay. I, I mean, I'll I'll answer like I'll answer. You know, um, but you said your dad was a Browns fan, right? So it's like my home has always been a like a Cleveland sports thing, like Browns, okay. Indians, mm-hmm. Cavs. So it's yeah. not been a lot of success. So, so like, so what, yeah. I was, what, I was gonna, what I was what I was going to say is, if you really want to know what it's like to be an Islanders fan, ask your dad what it's like to be a Browns fan. But that's but that's kind of the truth is. The Islanders are a very they're a very interesting team because of their fan base. So their fan base is probably one of the most passionate fan bases in the NHL. And that's even mm-hmm. superseding like Canadian teams where in Canada hockey is like the NFL, right? So Yeah, like those, those poor Leafs fans. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. at the same time, one of the smaller <laughs> fan bases. So and that's, yes, and the that's most yeah. passionate, but also very mm-hmm. small niche fan base so and the and the so being an islander fan over the past let's say 20 years right has been tough because uh the islanders were perennial bottom feeders for a long time they had a couple of little flashes of okay like maybe we could get something going but then early exits in the playoffs or collapses before the playoffs you know like all all of the kind of sports tropes that you hear with with bad teams that like want to want to gut your heart out but you know, enter now as with the Islanders, um, call it probably four years ago, right? Where the Islanders uh, shed one of their uh, like most popular players in, in John Tavares, yeah. who was like their superstar. And then all of a sudden the team in the absence of like a major superstar started to build this camaraderie and found a way to win. So Mm -hmm. now you've got like, you've got this like ultimate underdog story really where you've got these, this fan base that's always looked down on, you know, by the other major market team. Right. Cause you know, the Rangers were the original six and they've been around since the 19 fucking twenties or whatever. And it's like, it's like the Yankees, it's like the Yankees to the Mets, you know, exactly. And they play in the heart of Manhattan. Exactly. So like yeah. literally like when you think of New York city, you think of Madison square garden and the New York Rangers, whereas the Islanders are just, you know, some fucking rinky dink team that, you know, plays on the fish, you know, but mm-hmm. these past couple of years, the Islanders have become one of the top contenders. And it's really been this team that doesn't have any like real superstars and the mm-hmm. fans, the Islanders fans, and not only just the Islanders fans, but like NHL fans in general, like are starting to like hitch their wagon to this Islanders thing because it's like what a fun and interesting and cool thing to watch is these players who otherwise on any other squad would probably kind of be be like buried or or just like a mm-hmm. you know or just like a jersey number are now yeah. are now producing at a level where this team is becoming a real contender and yeah. dare I dare I say maybe this year but if not this year maybe a year away from actually like raising a cup so i guess to answer your question in in, in like to compartmentalize all that to put it into a nice package with a bow um it was it was shitty being an islander fan <laughs> it was but it is now i was just going i was just going over their hockey re- 
I was just going over their hockey reference page and I was looking through the season's totals. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get you. I, uh, yeah, I, I think that's very interesting. Cause like as somebody that like recently like adopted a fandom, not like not too many yeah. years ago. And like, like I said, like with a title, like it's a very different experience. And I think I conversely feel that with like different yeah, sports, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. I, like the, the Indians, now the guardians, uh, guardians, yeah. uh, absolutely. Probably the most disappointing thing of the past five years. So uh, no, I get you. That's really, that's really cool. I think uh, you know it's funny because I was thinking before, like uh, like I know the Lightning just won. They won two straight cups, right? Yeah. yeah. I know before, like I I thought, you know, like God, how horrible must it be to like be a light like when they when they uh, when they hit the wins to. Uh, uh, the Windsor, what, what what was their wins record? I think it was it was like sixty and twenty two, it was something oh, like oh, that. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the year where they were, yeah, they were and the they top team and got, and got booted. Yeah, yeah. It was a Carolina, yeah. right? No, Columbus. Columbus is who it was. Yeah, that's exactly. right. It was. Yeah, yeah. See, but this yeah. goes back to it, and this is what I think mm-hmm. is so interesting about Ohio sports, like in Northeast Ohio, it, it, in like its love affair with the Penguins is, again. It's like I I've never met a Blue Jackets fan, and maybe that's just where I'm at regionally. Maybe it's huge in Columbus, um, but the Penguins have always just been. They've had so much cultural currency in this area because it's close. A lot of people are Steelers fans, and they've won titles, and that's ultimately like that's what people. That's why people yeah. like adopt. Uh, yeah, you know, and and the, the and the blue and the Blue Jackets are also like they're a relatively they're a newer franchise, but yeah. but yeah, I mean the the Penguins have that pedigree. You know, yeah. they've won they've won championships. And again, a lot of that, you know, stems back from the that those nineties teams, you know, of uh, you know, again, you know, Yarmir Yager and Mario Lemieux and Ron Francis and just like, you know, all of these superstars that were that were winners, you know. So yeah. uh, w- winning winning does a lot. Like when you're and you know, and for the NHL personally, like I said, any fan that jumps on on board to be a hockey fan is like all right by me because the more fans we can have, like when they talk about like, you know, fair weather fans, like to me that like, that's like a football and a baseball thing because for hockey personally, like, you know, you could tell me that, Oh, you know, I never watched a game in my life. And I jumped onto the San Jose sharks bandwagon. Cause I think their, their logo is cool. Awesome. Great. That's another pair of eyes. So good. It's another pair of eyes watching <laughs> hockey and another yeah. pair of eyes watching hockey. And hopefully maybe you love that logo enough that you're going to go and buy a San Jose Sharks jersey, which means now you're giving revenue to the NHL. And the NHL yeah. has a lot of has a lot of things to work on. And Mikey and I have have you know recognized that and have spoken openly about it. But still, our love for hockey like supersedes like I, I, it's fine. Like I could be surrounded by like 50,000 Ranger fans and like. Is it going to suck a little bit? Yeah, probably because they're probably going to say Potvin sucks to me a bunch of times because they they just haven't. That's all they do. But like, <laughs> but but is like fifty thousand Ranger fans means that there's fifty thousand NHL fans, which means that the yeah. sport I love is going to get more eyes and more eyes on yeah, the sport. Course. More revenue means more big things. Like you know, they just entered into like a pretty high profile agreement with ESPN uh, mm-hmm. to you know to to have stuff on their networks, which they you know. ESPN got rid of a long time ago and in and, and hockey became like the black sheep. Like when I tell you, like, you know, during like the NBA final season, they would like, they would rather 
like talk about, you know, do like a 30 minute discourse on what shoelaces LeBron was wearing versus like talk about the three overtime it's, game six winner, you know? It's it's so funny you say that because I'm so huge into basketball discourse and fandom and the way it's discussed in like sports media is atrocious. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. uh, it's I, I think it's always funny when I think about it from the hockey and baseball perspective, because I'm sure like, you know, uh, like those like leagues in general would just be dying to be talked about on first take or something like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, different strokes, I guess. Um, wow. I so like I my question for like you guys, since you guys are like really seasoned into the thought of this is like what where, like where does the NHL go like with the problems that it has now with creating new fans just because of and again this is my opinion but the nature of how you get into it as a kid nowadays um because there's nothing really in pop culture other than this, the games itself that is driving you to you know the sport like where does that get corrected at does is it something as simple as like another you know another mighty ducks type you know, infusion into popular culture or, you know, I don't really know, you know. That's, that's a tough question because even uh, with stars, <laughs> because like, you know, Connor McDavid, you could argue is better than Sidney Crosby, but mm -hmm. he's not the household <clears throat> name that Sidney Crosby was. Like mm -hmm. if you ask a casual sports fan who Connor McDavid is, they might have no clue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Even even like our best and brightest in the sport is isn't like a personality, and I, I think that's also part of it is the the lack of personality from NHL players. It, it, and you know what? I feel like you know. Conversely, we were talking about the same thing with alternative music. Like we're our our alternative music scene is just getting less and less personality. Even though I think the talent in the alternative music scene right now is probably it, my favorite. It's been in like the past twenty years. And the quality uh, like, of recording is the best yeah. it's ever been. That's but, very but true. It's just, it's a sad fact that the less stars you have, the worse off you are. Yes. You know, and convert, you know, music, sports, it's just, it, uh, unfortunately, that's just where it is because, you know, I, I, was I was talking about this with somebody the other day, you know, back like when my dad was a kid, you know, what were your options to do when you were bored? Watch sports, read. Or like, uh, I, I mean, I, I know I'm going to miss a million things, but Just like your options your were, yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> I mean, that's why so many like boomers were like car guys, you know, but like, there's so many more options nowadays. You don't really need to be a sports fan to like get, you know, get any kind of immediate satisfaction or any kind of fandom or hobby or anything like that. So it's just, it's problem on top of problem, but I think. Ultimately, I think all the leagues are dealing with this other than really the NFL because they're just are what they are. But um, yeah. Yeah. And but at the same time, like the NHL needs to be careful because if they try to just copy what the NBA is doing, because like you said, the NBA is a little bit cooler. There's celebrities that actually like basketball already. Like if they try to mimic that or copy it, it's going to look forced. And then they're diehard fans are going to be jumping ship rather See, than that. That's that's, I think is a really great point, Mikey. And that's why. So like, for instance, like I, I, I like how you guys brought up about how, you know, during the Stanley cup finals, 
they were talking about the NBA finals and during the NBA finals, I'm, I guarantee you what they were talking about was free agency. Cause that's the only thing sports media talks about anymore with the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there is no, there is no immediate and en- there's such easy immediate entry into that league because it's so easy to talk about free agency or something like yeah. that, but mm-hmm. there's no conversely there like the NBA, the NBA network, like NBA TV is atrocious. It's awful. It's horrible programming which like the NHL network is really, really good programming uh, in my opinion. And like, same with like the, uh, like uh, whatever the NFL channel is, it's really, really good. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like at least the NHL does a way better job at targeting its niche audience because one, it has to, but yeah. two, it's just kind of better at that. You know, it, the same way like the NFL network is like at its, you know, like all of its programming. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I, I agree with that. And uh, who knows, you know, hopefully the, the, you know, the NHL will find this partnership with, with ESPN will be, uh, you know, a, a, a worthwhile one for them. But uh, so we've been now, uh, we've been chatting for about almost like a buck 15. So hold on, uh, Tom, I just got to ask just because for it. Y- y- you do mention Cleveland a bunch, you know, are you a Cleveland Monsters fan? Uh, I've been to a couple Cleveland Monsters games. I had a good time. Yeah. Okay, just I'm I would, a big I would, NHL I would, guy too. No, I get you. I wouldn't give myself the full fan, uh, the full fan thing there. But I've been to a couple games. I had a good time. <laughs> you know what's funny? We have the Youngstown Phantoms, and I remember, or we used to have the Steelhounds. Did you guys ever hear of that? No. It's like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how the minor league system works with hockey, but like it was basically the equivalent of uh, single A baseball. Okay. Uh, or maybe okay. double A baseball. And uh, I, I remember I used to go to a bunch of Steelhounds games for like my birthdays at our at our uh, little mini arena we have downtown. So, yeah, awesome. no, I, <laughs> yeah. But I'm monster monsters games are a good time, and their logo is fantastic. It, it is, yeah. I'm glad they changed it to Cleveland instead of Lake Erie. Lake Erie monsters. It just kind of didn't ring well. But so, yeah, w- w- did they? So Lake Erie is that like? Erie, Pennsylvania, or was it still like the Cleveland area? No, yeah, no, yeah, it was still Cleveland because they they play play games in the they play games in the queue. Gotcha. All right, I I didn't know that. I I thought maybe they just recently got the team. Good time. Yeah, it's been there for a minute. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. So yo, um, let's we'll we'll go ahead and and wrap this up. Uh, but before we do, uh, one final question I have for you. So. As far as um, the future of the safest ledge, um, I know you guys had recently um, uh, put out a, a single. I think I saw. Right? Was that? Uh... Yeah, we put out a single called "What Have You Done" about a month okay. ago, and cool. uh, it had the music video premiere on Dreambound and uh, everything like that. And it's been doing awesome. been doing pretty good. <laughs> Real happy so, about it. Awesome. So uh, I, you know, I know things are a little tenuous right now with you know the, the way the world is and you of know course. the pandemic kind of not really coming to a close, but do you guys have any uh, other than, you know, this past show that you guys played, do you guys have any, any real touring plans or anything coming up that you can talk about? Or if you can't talk about it, you know, yeah, we've got uh you guys know the Mogwas, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Got something, got, got something brewing with them soon. Nice. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys after we record. Uh, but, uh, and then uh, this Thursday, we're playing with silent planet in Cleveland. Cool. And then uh, we'll be playing in Youngstown on Friday and then Fredonia, New York on Saturday. Sure. And then we're announcing a couple more shows. I think the day this podcast comes out too. So that's pretty cool too. Awesome. So, uh, you know, get, it will be around the Midwest 
uh, in the East Coast a little bit uh, to, to kick off fall and winter. Love to hear it, man. And then uh, yeah. if you could, um, you know, just give a quick uh, blast of uh, socials where, where we can find you, uh, all that fun stuff, just so our listeners uh, can get to you. At Safest Ledge OH. That's our Twitter and Instagram. And then same thing for Facebook. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully new music next year. But uh, we'll be playing a lot of shows in the meantime. Love to hear it, man. I love it. And then, you know, if you, you know, Drew Carey, if you ever run into him, you know, <laughs> anytime anyone around Cleveland, you know, I talk to them, I just always want to talk about Drew Wait, Carey. Did Drew Carey. Did Drew Carey really live there? Oh, Are Cleveland. Cleveland rocks, man. He loves Cleveland. Oh, fuck, man. I, I, he, Dude, I've been he said he was born in 1996. Like, he doesn't yeah, even know who Drew, Drew Carey, Carey has is. no currency in my life. Yeah, none. At all. I, I don't. I can't that. tell you. I can't tell you what Drew Carey's even on. Well, he's on the Price is Right. The Price is Right. And oh, okay. dude, I forgot he's on that. Yeah. yeah well, now that. look at you. You. I knew you the. Yeah, the Drew Carey show. I've heard of it. I saw it on like TV Land once. Yeah, it was great. Gail Ryan was part of the Drew Carey show. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, no one knows who that is, Tom. You just always bring up personal people that you yeah i i could probably name the 10th man on the islanders sooner than i can name <laughs> yeah because tom is ridiculous real, real quick for me real real quick for me who's winning the cup this year give me that it's gonna be the islanders i, I think york, it's gonna be the islanders lose, the new york hockey back islanders back, yeah back to back who, in the who, eastern who, conference who, finals you who, gotta be mad who they who, who they facing then who, who's that gonna be give me an give me a prediction on that one so the west coast team could be the uh, avs Avs are it still could great. Could be the Avs, yeah. Could be the Knights. It could um, be. Yeah, it could be either of those teams. Uh, they're all dangerous, man. Honestly, and like you can't discredit, you know. I mean, the the Oilers are a dangerous team too when they get it together. Uh, there's a lot of teams out of the West that could uh, that could pop out. But uh, you know, for as far as the Islanders are concerned, honestly and truthfully, you know, the Lightning, even though they've you know splintered off a little bit, they're still going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. So, um, oh, you know, really? Oh, I'm sorry. I had, two, I, I had two more questions real fast. I'm going to do them really fast. Yeah, yeah. Best hockey jersey. What is it? I, I, I think the black. I'm going to tell you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it is. Okay. You, Are you ready? You yeah, go for it. All right. Oh, yeah, hold up. I got to Google exactly which one it is. <laughs> oh. It's the. It's the. Uh, it's the 20. It's the 2019 Stadium Series jerseys for the Peglets. The ones where it's just black and gold, okay. like there's no white in it. I remember those. I'm sorry, yeah. it's unfucking beatable. It's amazing. That. I don't know. Also, the Arizona Coyotes Kachina jerseys pretty fucking dope too. Those are dope. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at that one. Also, the blue throwbacks for the Penguins. Those ones are amazing too. Honestly, you like those? I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. Um, I'm a vintage kind of guy. So like, give me like a Whalers jersey or like a North Stars jersey or like you mm -hmm. know. Or like even like a Nordiques jersey, man. Like I, I just love that shit. I really do. Or even a fucking uh, a Cleveland Barons jersey, you know? <laughs> Cleveland Barons. Don't sleep or, on the Cleveland Barons. And what's the best logo? I want to know that. What's your What's your favorite logo? Islanders Fisherman. I do love me some. Don't be a man. homer, bro. You got to choose a different one. Don't be a homer. Um, I, I think I'm gonna stay with with my original answer of the the Blackhawks. I I really like, like the Kings logo. King's logo is cool. Um, I, I think the I, slick man. I like the I like the Sharks logo. Um, oh I, shit! Yeah, I do. And then and then if you're going for for like simplicity and you're going for just like pure, um, you know, nostalgia, 
it's you know it's the Red Wings, man. I mean, you just you can't beat that wing, dude. It's just like synonymous with hockey. Synonymous. Yeah, I think my least favorite is probably just the Stars. Yeah, the, the new boring. Stars. Yeah, the Star of the D. The Star of the D. That does nothing for me. Word. Yeah. Yeah. It was great Very talking boring. to you guys, man. Thank hey, you so man, much listen. for having me on. Absolutely, yeah. Mason, dude, and and uh, we we wish you you know all, all great things in the future. Uh, go ahead and check out all of their new stuff, uh, the new single that's coming out, and check out that uh, EP from last year because it's got some great stuff on it. And dude, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, thank you very we, much. We will catch up with you soon. All right. And we're gonna right. lead us out with what have you done? Your latest single and video. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.